Oh, how very, very disappointing. Oh, gracious, Holmes, what are you doing? What's this awful smell? What are you burning? Ah, uh, what? No, I didn't know you were at home. I, I'm afraid my experiment has been a complete failure. Uh, 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 what is that? I haven't seen such a revolting sight since medical school. Are you dissecting an animal? Uh, alas, yes. It's the shrunken head of a small monkey, no less. I had hoped it would be a genuine human head from Borneo, but alas, it's a fake. Most disappointing, Watson. Had this been the real article, then I might have gained a valuable clue regarding the Sarawak Frang organization. As it is, well, I failed before I've even started. Oh, really, it's too vexing for words. present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Tonight, the drunken head. I've recently learned through all manner of sources that the Sarawak Frang organization is moving into the east end of London again. Its members rule by fear and superstition. Now, you're a much-traveled man. You know the eastern mind. It's as unfathomable as their faces are inscrutable. As I say, it's a pity. I thought I'd found one of their genuine heads. Oh, surely a shrunken head can have little or no commercial value, Holmes. What possible use could it be put to? Well, as I was saying, it's superstition. A Sarawak head from Borneo is believed to have magical properties. It can convey messages from the unknown. Oh, it's absolute rubbish. Deadhead can't talk. People can be coerced into thinking it can. There are very many Chinese and Burmese folk living in London who would be in awe of such a specimen. Anyway, it's a fake. So the whole exercise can be abandoned. I shall have to look elsewhere for other clues. A couple of nights spent in Limehouse might tell me something. You wouldn't care to join me, would you, Watson? Frankly, no. To shiver around in those dens filled with smoke disguised as an oriental is not my way of spending a pleasant weekend. And I was hoping you might join me in the country. I've had an invitation from an old friend, haven't seen him for years. Mm. A, a, a doctor chappy who's also travelled extensively in the Far East. His name's Clive Carter. He lives out at St. Albans. Are you sure you don't want to change your plans? <laughs> no, 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 I... Now, I shall be quite happy pursuing my inquiries. We shall just have to go our separate ways for a few days. Yes, great pity about that head. And so I packed a small bag on the Friday night and travelled down to St. Albans, leaving Holmes to pursue his bizarre studies in Limehouse, little suspecting that our activities would complement each other quite soon. I found Clive Carter a little changed, a trifle more stout, a few more grey hairs, but still the same thoughtful, kindly man. And, of course, there was much to talk about. I hope you'll be comfortable here, Watson. I'm sure I shall. It's a most charming place. Yeah, I see you've plenty of souvenirs around your walls. Oh, yes. At first I thought they might appear out of place. But the house itself has a vaguely eastern atmosphere to it, don't you agree? Yes. Well, that struck me when I first came in through the garden. I can almost smell incense burning. <laughs> I haven't gone as far as that. If you want the real thing, wait until you see Professor Middleton's house. It's the one across the end of the garden, the other side of the lane. 
Invited us over for a drink later on. An eccentric old fellow, but has a wonderful eastern wife. Oh, extraordinary. You know, I seem to be surrounded by shades of the Orient these days. Oh, we don't have to go unless you want. No, 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 no. I'd be delighted. Well, perhaps you'd like to wash and change, and then we can take a stroll and call in on our way back. Now, what do you say? Naturally, I agreed to the plan. It was quite a hot evening, with dark clouds piling up and a rumble of thunder in the summer air. Professor Middleton's house was set well back from the lane and covered with thick creeper. It was impossible to put an age to the place, but once inside, it gave the impression of a vast pagoda divided into small rooms and passages. It was completely oriental. A Chinese servant welcomed us in the hall. You are welcome. Praise to go through this way. Madame is with guests in the broad study. Praise follow. Oh, thank you, Ling. I told you it would be interesting. Wait until you see Elona Middleton. Oh, she's a corker. Oh, good evening, Clive. Do come in. And this, I take it, is your friend, Dr. Watson. How do you do? How do you do? Please, I would like you to meet our house guests. Major Bennett, who is a Hertfordshire magistrate. And Matthew Grayling, whom we knew out east. Pleased to meet you. You know each other, do you not, Clive? Uh, Yes, we do. (laughs) Matthew will serve drinks. My husband is still working in his study. You will have to forgive him, Dr. Watson. He is a trifle unorthodox regarding guests. We are all used to it, of course. What will you have, Doctor? Scotch? I know what you take, Clive. <laughs> yes, I uh, think I know a mutual friend, Watson. Sherlock Holmes, daily share rooms with him? Oh, off and on for many years, yes. Uh, Clive extended an invitation for him to come down for the weekend, but he's, well, he's rather busy at the moment. Prime, I suppose. Yes, there's a lot of help in the bushy he's a fair. I think I must get Ling. Don't worry, I can manage them. Everybody got drinks? Good. Oh, fascinating room. These lamps must be very old. Oil from the lamps of China. And what do you think of these photographs, Doctor? Pretty gruesome, aren't they? Yes. What are they? They look like shrunken heads. Or are they masks? They are the real thing, I'm afraid. My husband has a great authority upon the human head of Borneo. To a Western mind, it must seem a strange hobby. Ghoulish, I call it. I've never been able to explain the interest. Often spoken to the professor about it, but he never takes the slightest bit of notice of what I say. He doesn't take the slightest interest of what anyone says. Ah, there you are, dear. We were wondering where you had got to. Just talking about you, as a matter of fact. This is Dr. Watson. Mm-hmm. A friend of Clive's was down from London for the weekend. Uh, how do you? Uh, how do you? I think I left a book down here. Uh, do carry on, don't mind me, don't mind We were me. just talking about your interesting hobby, the photographs. Hmm? Oh, yes. Uh, far more to all that than meets the eye. I was reading the other day about the superstitions. Revival of interest in the practice. Surely you really can't believe these things are strange powers. What do you think, Clive? Well, as one who's travelled quite a lot in the Far East, I prefer to keep an open mind. I agree. We've been through some strange times out east, haven't we, Professor? Mm, yes, yes. Yes, but you can't have actually seen or heard anything to substantiate black magic and all that mumbo-jumbo. I did once. Yes, it's a fact. I remember attending an ancient rite. We were all suitably disguised, of course. We would have had our throats cut if it had been known we were Englishmen. The ceremony was held in a sort of palisade on the edge of the jungle. I hid away behind some rice sacks and water jars, and I was able to see quite clearly there were about 20 people present, including a sort of high priest himself. They sat around a pole with his blackened skull in it, and, you know, the blasted thing took. Impossible. 
Ventriloquism. I could see quite clearly the lower jaw moving. Trickery, strings, wild. Out in the open, on a pole. And then, you know, I could swear there was a glow of light from where the eyes used to be. I don't mind telling you it was darn spooky. I got out as quick as I could. Never dabbled in it ever again. Another drink, Watson? Not for me, thanks. Uh, tell me, Mr. Crayling, whereabouts was this? Oh, uh, Borneo. Then could that head have been one of the heads of Sarawak? Well... What did you say? Well, I understand their views is very important by certain authorities. Of course, I know very little about the subject of the flag. It is not something I think we should discuss over a friendly drink. After all the storm and all this talk, can we not change the subject? No, 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 no. I don't, I'd like to know what our doctor friend means. What do you know of the Sarawak Frank, Dr. whatever his name is? I know nothing. I, I just said so. I was... Well, I was just making polite conversation. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, I don't wish to break up the party, but really it is coming down heavily outside. I think we should get back home while the going is still good. Don't you, Watson? Yes, if you say so, Clive. Well, it's been very nice meeting you all. Hope we shall meet again soon. You are always welcome, Doctor. You have your call? Good. I will get Ling to show you out. Oh, don't worry. We know our way. Good night, everyone. Good night. It was clear that our visit to the Middletons had not been an unqualified success. I wasn't at all sorry to leave. I didn't care for the house or the professor. And although his wife was very beautiful, there was an air of tension about her that disturbed me. It was raining quite heavily, so Clive suggested the short way back across the lane and through his back garden gate. We were just about to close it when someone called out. What the devil? Who is that? There, back there, in the lane. It's, it's Ling, the Chinese servant. Come on. Yes, yes, it's Ling, all right. Here, help me. Watson, support him. Ling? Ling? No, it's no use, Clive. This man's dead. The hospital was called, and we left it to Professor Middleton and his wife to make any other necessary arrangements. Altogether, it was a strange and dramatic evening. One I was rather keen to forget, but I couldn't. So next morning, I walked to the nearest post office and sent off a lengthy telegram to Sherlock Holmes. To my delight, later that day, he arrived. I introduced him to Clive, and he came straight to the point. Ah, Watson, your telegram arrived just as I got home this morning. From what you say, this is a most interesting coincidence. You mentioned the Sarawak head. Is there a connection, do you think? Well, the rest of I know, Holmes. Something very strange is going on. We had a very nasty evening, didn't we, Clive? Oh, most strange. And I'm more than glad to see you here, Holmes. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you. Yes, but it's clear that the scene of the action is across the lane in the professor's house. Uh, can you arrange for me to visit them? I've already called earlier to see if we could help at all. It seems that the Chinese Ling must have died of a heart attack. They've already carried out a detailed examination. There's no suggestion of foul play. Mrs. Middleton would be pleased to meet you. Yes, I think you already know one of the house guests. Major Bennett, a magistrate in these parts. Ah, yes, yes, Bennett. Yes, I remember him well. Any other guests? One, Matthew Grayling, an old friend who has worked with the professor out east. It was he who started the conversation about these shrunken heads. After that, well, the evening seems to get worse and worse. Now, who the devil can that be? I'm not expecting anyone. D excuse me. Hey, Lona. We were just talking about you. Do come in. Thank you. 
Dr. Holmes, this is Mrs. Middleton. I was just about to go over to your house, Ilona. Then I am glad I got here first. Poor Mr. Holmes. I must speak to you. Good evening, Mrs. Middleton. Please do sit down. You can speak quite freely in front of the others. Now, what has happened? Any fresh development? No, no, but I must tell someone. I have reason to believe that my husband has one of those heads. The shrunken head of the Sarawak. Oh, he denies it, but I am sure I am right. And I think it must have a connection with the death of Ling. Mm, very likely. And someone or, or something is trying to get at the head. I, I am desperately frightened. Things are happening in the house. Last night I heard footsteps creaking along the stairs and, and a muffled sound like, like the ringing of a bell or a gong. Voices. The, the scratching sound like fingernails on the door panels. And this evening I, I saw a face at the window. Hands on the sill of my bedroom. Someone climbing the creepers, perhaps? I, I do not know. I, I just do not know. Your other two guests, have they heard anything out of the ordinary? Major Bennett has not. He thinks I am just an hysterical woman. And the other guests, Mr. Matthew Grayling? Well, he is making light of things, trying to help me overcome my fears. But, but I think he knows something is happening, or about to happen. I have caught him several times on the stairs, in the passages, just, just standing there. As though he is waiting for someone to, to whisper to him, call him even. Oh, dear. Stay here. Let's take a swig of this. Oh. And then I suggest we all three stroll over to your house and Mr. Holmes can try and sort things out. Oh, oh thank you. Of course, these sort of manifestations don't occur at regular intervals. I... I do not suppose anything will happen and you will think like the Major, but I am wildly over-imaginative. Well, drink up and let's go and find out. Uh, Watson, will you look after Mrs. Middleton? Yes, of course. Uh, shall we get our coats, Clive? No, very well. Uh, this way. Uh, tell me, have you a revolver in the house? Yes. If you have, for heaven's sake, get it and make sure it's loaded. Come. It was a matter of minutes before we were into our coats and out of the house. The lights were on at the Middletons and the front door was not locked. But from the moment we opened the front door... What is it? What's going on? This way. I was having a drink in the library when I heard the professor shout out. The major heard him too. He's in his room with the door locked. Clive, hand me that revolver. Get Mrs. Middleton up to her room. See that she stays out of things until I send up for her. Well, what is it? What is happening? Something has happened to him. What is it? Now, come on, Ilona. Come on. You're No arguing now. Come on, Watson. Up the stairs. Perhaps you can help. I think the professor's in trouble. I was dressing in my room when I heard him call out as in pain. I can't get the blasted door open. Stand back. Right back from the door. That's it. Now. Uh, got it. Uh, Watson, Fred. Look there. Professor. On the carpet by the desk. Uh, too late, I'm afraid. He's dead all right. Yes. Just, just like the Chinese butler. Look there. That shrunken head on the blot of the desk. Also a letter. This must be written in the professor's own hand. Let me see that. Yes, that's the professor's handwriting. Yes, I think I'll take charge of these documents. I must ask you, Major, to send to the nearest police station. Take the pony and cart if necessary. Mr. Grayling, will you please join Mrs. Middleton and try to calm her? Tell her that her husband's condition is serious, but we are doing the best we can in the circumstances. Shouldn't we send to the hospital a, a, a doctor? Uh, we already have two within the house. Watson and Clive Carter. Uh, please do as I say, both of you. I need to give this room a very close examination. It's essential that I'm not disturbed. Very well, Holmes. I know your methods. Come on, Matthew. Very well. Poor old man and 
There's that blasted head sitting there, staring down at him. Don't say there isn't a moral in this somewhere, Major. Even if you think it's all mumbo-jumbo. Good. Uh, Watson, uh, close that door, prop a chair up against it. I mustn't be disturbed. Right, Uh, Do you notice anything about the body? Anything unusual? Uh, Apart from the fact that his slippers are half off? No. No, I don't. Yes. Well, most people would think this fellow met his end through heart failure, but he didn't. He was poisoned, Watson. Poisoned? Yes. The same poison that I suspect killed the Chinese man, Ling. There, on the wall, a small bamboo cylinder. There are arrows concealed in one end. Now, you must know that some of these eastern poisons are quite lethal. The slightest scratch into the bloodstream causes almost instant death. But Holmes, look at this room. The windows are shuttered. There are no holes in the walls or ceiling. The door was locked from within. Don't come near while I'm doing this. A clean sheet of paper from the desk. And now the felt slipper that is half off. That's it. Ah, see, there, now. This now lying on the paper, a small steel barb, moist at the tip. That was pressed through the sole of the right slipper. When changing his shoes after writing his letters, the professor inadvertently scratched his foot. Result, enormous pain, a loud cry and sudden death. Gracious, what a diabolically clever idea. Yes, particularly if the murderer wished to establish an alibi elsewhere. May I come in? Gracious, what's going on? It's all right. Remove the chair, Watson. Right. Ah. Come, Clive. Let us leave this room just as it is. There are plenty of places along these corridors where we can wait without being seen. Come on, follow me. I don't understand. Matthew says the professor is alive. Uh, He isn't. He's dead. Just uh, one more thing before I attempt an explanation. Did you know what Mrs. Middleton did before she married her husband? Uh, I don't know. I... I have an idea she was a nurse. I'm not sure. Ah, yes, that's good enough. Right, step back into this room. Is this the one occupied by Major Bennett? Yes, that's right. Splendid. He's gone for the police and can't possibly be back for some time. Come on. Now, we we cannot light the lamps or the candles, I'm afraid. You'll just have to stand in the darkness, but I don't think you'll have all that long to wait. Now, listen. Just stay here, Eleanor. Try to rest. I'm sure it's all right. I promise you, I'll come back the moment I know Mr. Holmes' conclusions. He's dead. He's dead. I know he is dead. Easy now. Don't give in. You mustn't give in. Don't make a sound. Just watch. Clive? Holmes? What? Where are you? Clive? Holmes? What the devil is going on? Where are you? Clive? What? It's all right. He's going downstairs. I'm afraid I don't understand this. Why didn't we stop, Matthew? Shh, shh, wait. Wait and listen. Someone else in the house. The sounds Mrs. Middleton told us. Shh, no more speaking. Come, follow me. The door to the professor's room is now wide open. A few paces. Come, no noise. Yes, Mrs. Middleton, can I help you? I... I tend to see for myself if he... If he... Yes, she is dead. You need not try to conceal the slipper you are holding. The poison dart is not in it. It lies there on that slip of white paper on the desk. Oh, no, no. Don't go near it. You are not taking the easy way out. You have a great deal of explaining to do. Better get it all sorted out before the police arrive. Don't you think, Mrs. Middleton?
Right a few hours later, when back in Clive Carter's comfortable sitting room, Holmes was able to explain to us the details of this most extraordinary and complicated case. It was really most fortuitous that I was already studying the Sarabak Frang organization. I knew they were back operating in England, but no one knew who their agents were. It was rumored that one of them was a woman. Well, it was Mrs. Middleton, of course. She was a member of the Frang before she married. When her husband retired, she came with him to England. He was many years older, and the marriage was not at all a happy one. I wondered at first if Matthew Grayling was actively involved, if there could have been a romantic motive behind it all, but, well, that was not the case. Professor Middleton, throughout his studies, found out that the shrunken heads imported to this country were all fakes. He also suspected his wife was still in the power of the Fran. He knew he would still have to tell the truth. It might expose him and his theories to some ridicule, but at heart he was an honorable man. So he determined to tell all he knew. Mm, that's right. The devoted Chinese servant Ling found out what was happening. He knew his master was in danger and ran after you in the storm to seek help. Mrs. Middleton, no stranger to the ways of poison darts, got to him before he could betray her. And she then planned to kill her husband by planting a poison dart in his slippers. That's right. She came over here, told us a story that there were strange influences in the house, and we got over there too late to save the old fellow. I'm always badly affected by failure, as you know, what. Yes, but you've solved the crime. And far more important, you now hold the documents which give you the lead against the Sarawak Frang that you've always wanted. Isn't that so? Yes, yes, that is so, but... Well, I must leave. Move quickly. With all the information in the hands of Scotland Yard, some good may come out of all this. The shrunken heads of Sarawak may speak the truth. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.